It's unfair. Warning from the back to tank contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended, do not continue. We would be honored if you would join us. Workups on your condition indicate that all damage has been reversed. Recovery is total. I believe you have been quite fortunate. No further thanks are necessary, Commander, but you are most welcome. It is my function and pleasure as a metaphor to help and heal human beings. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. All right, hello, welcome. Star Wars from the Back to Tank. I am Michael. Yes. Hello, David. How are you today? Hello, Michael. How's it going? I'm excited for today, man. All right. And Lauren, hello. Hi. So we got another show planned, and we're going to be delving into a Star Wars comic. Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the graphic novel written by Ethan Sachs. But before we get into that, you can listen to all of our shows on demand via iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Spotify. Also, starting in October, we will be back on the live airwaves via TuneIn Radio. So just search RM Channel 001 for all free broadcasts. Keyword free broadcast because you got to get that Patreon for the full five days a week. All right. So graphic novel, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, written by Ethan Sachs. It's comprised of five issues held together by a MacGuffin of sorts that turns out to be a Sith relic by the end, which was very surprising. I did not expect for them to include such a big aspect or inclusion of star wars lore into essentially a billboard that's what these that's what comic books were that's what we all thought it was going to be it was just going to be a giant billboard advertisement for galaxy's edge but surprisingly i got we got a lot of information of like galaxy information that basically made the galaxy Galaxy information Wider. that made the galaxy. <laughs> what is happening? Take a dunk in the back, to There you go. Help, help the brain. That's what I do. <laughs> whenever brain. I get, I gotta help the brain. But the series actually delved into areas I didn't think they would go. I yeah, mean, I was surprised. I was really surprised with the series. I did not expect them to actually. I mean, push the Star Wars overall Star Wars mythos forward. I did not expect them to do that. And that's why I waited so long yet again to actually pick up these issues because I just didn't expect a lot. And then through the grapevine on social media, a few things that are spoilers, you know, got my attention. I was like, oh, really? (laughs) All right. I'm going to have to check this out. So Star Wars Galaxy's Edge is a canon comic book miniseries written by Ethan Sachs and illustrated by Will Sliney. Uh, the series, which takes place after the events of Star Wars Episode Seven: The Last Jedi, is a tie-in to the Star Wars Galaxy's Edge theme park and focuses on Black Fire Outpost. That's another thing that was actually pretty exciting for me. 
as a Star Wars fan is the fact that we're getting a story taking place post The Last Jedi. This is something that, or an area that a lot of us are curious about. We didn't really have that time gap between Force Awakens and Last Jedi, and we'll never be able to explore what happened in between because nothing happened. It was literally two movies that, or stories that just kind of, you know, butt up against each other. other. But with The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker, we have some time there that we can explore. And they were willing to explore some things, yes, briefly, because the way the series is designed, uh, the, I I just say contemporary, the current timeline or current, yeah, current timeline, I guess you can call it, uh, is more of a way to tell a story and take us back in time a bit into different eras of Star Wars. Well, the first issue of Galaxy's Edge was published Several months ago, uh, before the premiere or opening of Galaxy's Edge, yes, on April twenty first, birth twenty fourth. Now, first. now I need to take a dunk <laughs> into the back to waters on April twenty fourth, two thousand and nineteen, and the series just concluded just a couple weeks ago. So, don't think you're too far behind. You can definitely jump into it. Five issues, five stories interconnected by way of the Black Spire outpost and a few key characters. But the prominent is the Athorian known as Doc Ondor. And Doc Ondor is the, I guess you can call him the linchpin or foundation of this entire five-part series. He's also a character uh, that is very prevalent. Prominent. Prominent within Galaxy's Edge. That's why I was going to ask you is like, because you, you've you been to Galaxy's Edge. Mm-hmm. Getting so is Lauren. Read, getting, yes. getting to read this comic, did it give you guys any in? more of like an appreciation of galaxy's edge because that's what ultimately i felt it was supposed to do was give you this sense of man yeah that i saw that in galaxy's edge now i understand it type of thing yeah okay so it's just it's it's awesome being able to uh, because i i went to galaxy's edge before i read any of these issues mm-hmm. i i went to galaxy's edge and i was like oh yeah i should probably pick up that comic book but honestly i didn't pick it up until recently either um and you're right it's definitely not too late because the graphic novel like the the volume of all the collected issues mm-hmm. hasn't even dropped yet it'll yeah. be out soon so it's definitely a cost-effective way to pick them up um but it's just amazing opening up and and looking at the page and right away you're like oh yeah, that's that's Ronto Roasters. Yeah, which yeah, was, to, which was delicious, by the way. The Ronto wrappers, or what are they called? The Ronto, Ronto wrap. The Ronto wrap. Yeah, those things were pretty delicious. So yeah, I, I, yeah mean, I got a little excited. Yeah, and right away, you can just be like, hey, I ate there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, hey, I know that place. Oh, yeah, yeah, those are the statues outside of Doc Ondar's uh, yeah. Den of Antiquities. Yeah. I bought stuff from in there. Oh, he really does sell those. That really is what the inside of his shop looks like. And it's it's amazingly immersive, even away from the park. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a good question, Dave, because I didn't know how important the the Athorian was in this shop. I just saw him. I was like, oh, okay, he's here. But now, after reading the comic book, you realize that he's kind of the the unspoken ruler of this town of this outpost. He mentions to the First Order in a not so subtle back the fuck up moment uh yeah <laughs> um the first orders like rule here their their influence is tenuous at best uh and if it is to continue 
you'll need the cooperation of the leaders here on yeah. Batu. So don't come back into my shop and threaten me again. Yeah. yeah. So it was fun for them to be able to shed some light on the faces that we saw there. Uh, and, and within the comic, we see we see familiar faces, new and old. Uh, plus, we received some new tidbits of lore that I did not expect. As I said at the top of the show, a Sith weapon. And we'll get into all of these new elements of Star Wars canon. But first, I want to hear your initial thoughts on the five issues. Did it live up to any expectations that you might have had? Favorite issue and why? Let's start with you, David. Actually, it it out it outdid my expectations because I had very low expectations of this comic coming in because, as everyone knows that have listened to, to us, I'm not very high on tie-in media. Yeah. Just because it's kind of like it's a, for me automatically it's a crack a crash a cash grab commercial <laughs> it's a commercial grab yeah but reading this whole volume of stories that we got the five issues I really am ex- more excited to actually go down to Galaxy's Edge and I haven't gone yet because obviously I can't afford it <laughs> but but it did get you excited it got but- me excited for it because I'm like going. Okay, I've seen stills of Galaxy's Edge, and the fact that they actually had these in the comics makes me go, oh, okay, that's how he got the Sarlacc. That's freaking cool. I did not know a Sarlacc biology works that way. That makes it even more scarier knowing it. (laughs) it's right there. (laughs) And then, like, it really does make me want to kind of see these characters in the flesh and that's what made it cool yeah for me is like at the end of the day i'm like going yeah i want to actually actually go down to galaxy's edge and kind of interact with doc ondar because that's one of the selling points for galaxy's edge is like those those characters you can interact with them yeah well i kind of wish in retrospect that i did read this at least the first issue before going to galaxy's edge because then i would have i definitely would have gone in with different eyes, you know, from a different perspective, understanding a little bit of the story. Cause I, we had talked about this during a show, Dave, that um, this planet Batu, there's a whole entire story design around or it. it designed around galaxy's edge. And when I went, I'm like, well, what story? There's no story. I just see trying to sell me things, take my hard earned cash, <laughs> but where's the story at? Well, it was- you and I also went at the very beginning of, galaxy's edge right and i think a lot of the actors and stuff like that were still trying to find their groove and see you know how much um guest interaction they could get how much they could be in character or not i think some of them were struggling with that a little bit um like plus it was really hot when i when i went it was hot so i i mean i hope these stormtroopers were getting paid some big dollars to be in that yeah and, uh, that and garb. I'll be honest with you guys. I mean, like reading this, it really, and then knowing what's at Galaxy's Edge now, and that's what helps me is like actually knowing that what the stuff is there that you can do, and then you look at the comic and you go, okay, I want to do this. I like the whole Doc Ondar thing. Now I want to actually go to Doc Ondar and actually say, hey, what kind of wares do you have? Well, he doesn't talk. He yeah. does. He's fake though, Dave. He's so fake. You can't, if you talk to him, you're going to be waiting a long time, Dave. If you talk to his helpers, it's yeah. almost like the same thing. Yeah, okay, let yeah. me let me specify. I don't think I specified that or was very clear. He is, he is just, he's, he's not real. Was it uh, 
what's it called? Stop, animatronic. Not, yes. He's yes. animatronic. There are people that walk around in costumes, but he's not one of them. Yeah. But like they'd probably die. Their spines would probably be snapped with how large can, that guy's he head can is. Deal with his quote unquote agents. And yeah. then basically you yes. ask them, hey, yes. can I, do you think Doc has this? And then they go, they'll go and say, oh, yeah, he has this quote-unquote super relic that you can't get anywhere. Okay, so favorite issue, Dave. What's your favorite issue? Let's get back on track here. I would have to say issue four. Okay. When, they, when, when Afra comes into play and then you have the, the talk of the Sith relic. Because in actuality, that's what galaxy's edge is all about finding the really hard to find relics like what you said you that know, was supposed to be the point yeah, of, yeah that was like supposed to be the adventure side of galaxy's edge you use it's, the little disney app you you take you know little scans and scans of it yeah. and everything and like now I, I i appreciate that more now i'm more excited about it because in in, in the fourth issue they kind of actually showed what the possibilities is you can find Relics are, are, yeah, like I, I agree because that's something you and I talked about when I did my review of Galaxy's Edge. I said, hey, there are so many possibilities here and potential for this amusement park to be better than it is rather than being a market just to slang, literally slang merchandise at people, an excuse to make money. They could really make this work in their favor, create LARPing type stories, get people really involved and when you get to issue four, you start seeing the possibilities of how deep the stories could really go and meaningful for Star Wars fans. Because I, I, I'm not a, even though I do a Star Wars show, I'm not one of those uber nerds. Like, hey, I'm going to play a part and I'm going to be so happy with this lightsaber. Yeah. When the guy was teaching people to build lightsabers, I was rolling my eyes because yeah. it was just kind of silly. But if they had this deeply involved storyline that you can actually immerse yourself in. Hell yeah, I'd get involved in that. It's it's the themes of like Indiana Jones going and trying to find that that mystery relic yeah. and seeing something you've never seen before. And that's how I felt the theme for this comic and then Galaxy's Edge just slammed into each other. Yeah, is through Doctor Afro because if you look at Galaxy's Edge. The one thing that you've criticized it about well, is like, wh you, where is Dr. Afrin Galaxy's Edge? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm serious with, with how she was so closely connected to some major lore pertaining to this, the bigger picture of Star Wars and this comic book. But and yet you do realize that a bunch of fans would just be mobbing her. <laughs> also, 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 be like, she up, would girl? be out of place age wise. Oh, because yeah. they were going That's back true. into flashbacks. That's true. Yeah. Oh, that's right. But because Galaxy's like Edge that. is supposed to be post uh, mm -hmm. Return of the Jedi. That's the why Vader not, doesn't not, walk around. Post uh, Last Jedi, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. That, it's supposed that to makes be sense. in like current times. That's why Ray is wandering around and there's First Order troopers. So. Yeah, Ray. What's up, girl? The girl, the, the actress that plays her is, is cute. I'm bummed I never got to see her in person. Yeah. I want to see a live action Dr. Afro, even though yeah. she doesn't like penis. It's okay. It's okay. It's, okay. it's all right. Um, so Lauren, next question, I guess is for you, uh, expectations, initial thoughts and favorite issue. I, I mean, honestly, it's going to be the same exact answers for me. <laughs> um, I expected this to be bluff. Yeah. I expected it to maybe be fun, maybe be a cute little story. Maybe. Oh, that's cool. Oh, okay. Right. I, I expected to not feel like I had totally wasted my money buying it, but 
I did not expect it to throw in as many characters as it did in a way that doesn't feel cluttered. Mm-hmm. I We got like flashbacks and current times. There was so much stuff going on, but it never felt like it was too much. Um, there's, there's new lore there. There's um, adding more lore to the characters that are new original characters for Galaxy's Edge, mm-hmm. Hondo and Doc Ondar. And it, it, it humanized them in a way. It gave them personality. It gave them more life other than just the, uh, I'm a smuggler. Ha ha ha. Yeah. Look at me. I'm so suave. And right. um, just, uh, I, I have expensive things. You don't have money. You get out. Like that's, that was it. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it exceeded my expectations in a lot of ways. Bringing Dr. Afra in, I never expected. Neither did I. In the first issue when we got Han and Chewie, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Right. <laughs> I expected something probably like that. But Afra, I never expected. Um, I liked the crew in this comic, uh, like Kendo and them. I, I thought they were nice. They were cool. They were they were good characters. For, they were a good addition. Yeah. Good addition to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah they were fine. I liked them. Um, and, and yeah, I gotta say, I feel like it started off really slow for me. The first issue I was like, yeah, this is fine. It's okay. It it was, oh, exactly. Yep. And then it got stronger and stronger with each issue. Um, because issue two, I was like, okay, this picked up a little bit. I'm still not like crazy about it, but it picked up totally Greedo. All right. Um, but by the time I got to issue number four, I was like, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Yeah, Afra? because I think uh-huh. by that point their their stride was hit with their themes. We understood yeah. as an audience. Okay, they're not just trying to like what you said, throw us fluff. Yeah, yeah. And I think that was I. Well, I think we're all on the same page. I I think that was all of our fear. It was going to be just, you know, a way to commercialize something that's already commercialized. Yeah. <laughs> Something and, that's literally already commercial. And I'm glad you yeah. brought it up, Lauren, about the whole giving more oomph and personality to the characters that are exclusive to Galaxy's Edge, like in Hondo and Doc Ondar. Because by the end of this, Doc Ondar is actually a very intimidating person. Yeah. I'm sorry. Because he's that, capable. He's capable. And I don't want to go into spoiler territory, but like the last thing, the last image you get of Doc Ondar, as a Star Wars fan, you're like going, wait a minute, he did that to. Okay. All, All right. right. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Don't mess with Doc Ondar. Okay. He's not a joke. Well, yeah. <laughs> a I joke. think that's what saved him for me as well. Um, because he was a character that they managed to, first off, he has to be important. He's at the center of Galaxy's Edge. The story revolves around him. And they made him connected to a lot of the different eras of Star Wars. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool. Uh, my expectations overall, very similar to both of yours didn't have a lot to be honest as i've said numerous times i've just not uh i've not completely enjoyed these tie-in story gimmicks that are used to promote a movie or some other star wars event i mean again essentially you're reading a billboard so keeping that in mind i was looking at what they will do differently this time around i don't have a problem being sold to but i want to love what you're selling what's new characters did the writers push the star wars meet those forward what are you going to do differently? Are you just going to regurgitate? Are you going to try to form some type of nostalgia that makes people uh, have, you know, cheap thrills and it's an easy sell, or are you going to do something new and unique? And I feel like this is where the issues did end up excelling in Uh, the first two issues. As you said, Lauren, were not that great. 
But with the introduction of Hondo in issue three, the story really started to get interesting for me. Mm -hmm. I no longer felt like they were simply throwing in things that Disneyland goers would see at the park, like Ronto wraps and, and juices. Then with issue four, which was my favorite as well, it featured Dr. Afra doing Afra type of things. And that's when I felt like they had a bigger story and characters and situations that actually might be relevant much later, not just in this particular run of stories, issues one through five. You get the idea that these are little vignettes that could be explored in other stories at a later time. They weren't close ended. And I really appreciated that a lot. And the new elements. I mean, let's just get into it. Spoilers, Dave and Lauren. Spoilers is what we're going to do. Spoilers. The new elements of lore and the bigger picture is the ultimate win for me when yeah. it comes to this series. Uh, the the introduction, I guess you can say, of Doc Ondor. I, I mean, basically, essentially, he's what? An Thorian male collector who operates an antiquity shop in Black Spire Outpost on the planet of Batu, which is on the edge of wild space. This is the new setting of this new era of Star Wars for the most part. Wild space. We keep hearing that in a lot of the books and comic books. It's where the First Order started to form uh, before they made themselves known to the New Republic. So this is an area of Star Wars geographically that's very important to the new era of Star Wars. Uh, This character was first introduced in Solo, a Star Wars story. A lot of people may not realize this. He was mentioned. uh, Apparently, he's connected to the crime syndicate uh, Crips and Dawn and uh, Dryden Voss. And apparently in the comic books, he met with Tobias Beckett and Han Solo. I don't remember that. We read the comic book, Dave, right? And we covered it. Maybe I just wasn't looking for this character because he was kind of relatively irrelevant. But apparently he was mentioned by name. Yeah. So he was brought in as early as Star Wars, a solo story. Or I'm sorry, solo, a Star Wars story. Then his first official appearance was here in Galaxy's Edge number one. And the way they use this character, this is the win here. To introduce areas of Star Wars that you and I, Dave, we harp all the time on where are these old elements? Where are the the cool side of Star Wars? The, The dark, the mystic side, the mysticism of the force. Where is it in this new era of Star Wars? Yeah. We don't have it. Even in these new movies, we're not delving into the ways of the force. Dave Filoni did great work in Rebels and really pushing the world of the force and the explanations without getting overly heavy handed. He was able to expand on the way or change, alter our perspective, how we viewed the force. He challenged our original, I guess, look, how we looked at certain things and we out at our should say and outside of that we didn't really get much more of that so far but with this comic there they took us there uh, at the center of the story is something called the sword of Cassian. i probably mispronounced that but it's a <laughs> but it's a made-up word so it's a sith sword yes the moment they said sith sword i <laughs> yeah. I, I had a bit of a nerd you need Gasm. to change your, your I giggled. Pants. I giggled a little bit. Yeah, I giggled. You created floaties in the back. Yeah, of the I tent. try not to be a nerd, but sometimes when when they say things like that, the Sith sword. It was a <laughs> Sith artifact 
purportedly forged by a faction of Dao Uten Sith warriors. At some point in history, the sword was bisected with the hilt, coming into ownership of the Ithorian collector, Doc Ondor, who held it in Doc Ondor's Den of Antiquities on Batu. And this is how Dr. Afra gets involved in the story, because she's the one who helps hunt it down. Yes. And in issue four, when all hell breaks loose, not only do we get the introduction of a Sith sword, but we get the introduction or idea of the Doughton Sith Warriors, which are also characters that have been introduced in this new era of Star Wars. They're not characters that we've seen in older iterations or elements of Star Wars. I believe their first appearance was in Star Wars Commander. The video game. The video game, yes. They were a, a class of warriors that, that you, can, you can collect, that you can choose as part of your army. Um, but then they were included in the Darth Vader Dark Lord of the Sith series starting in the Chosen One, uh, issue number six. Uh, they were also featured in the Vanity Fair article that was released May 4th, 2015 to promote The Force Awakens. And they were in a group of photo. They were in a group photo. Uh, in front of Maz's castle. Mm -hmm. But we haven't really delved into these characters, and we find out that they're actually a species that were also Sith. Not all of them, but they were a group of Dao Uten Sith. And they're the ones who forged this sword. I mean, this is some deep lore here. These are things that we got in the 90s, and I always talk about it, the Dark Horse Run, Exar Kun. Uh, Vo Voto, what is it? Voto, Va Voto Vos, I believe, is another Jedi that yes. was back in the day. I mean, we're talking dark elements of Dark Horse, the oh, long yeah. forgotten things that we just don't delve into anymore. And now in Galaxy's Edge, a comic <laughs> book that should have been, for all intents and purposes, could have been a fucking throwaway fluff. Yeah. And yet we get these elements included. And this is going to be one of those rare moments, Dave, where I actually. You know, thank Disney. I'm very harsh on them, very angry. But the fact that they're including these elements and they're allowing them to be included makes me happy as a Star Wars fan. Oh, that, yeah, absolutely. That we're getting these tidbits. Because this is this is the callback to, for us as Star Wars fans, like classic stories like Kip Duren's Fall from Grace on Exeter Kuhn's hands. Right. That That is such a awesome story to, to, li to not only read but listen to. And, like, the fact that, Essentially, in this comic, it's saying that stuff is still there. Don't worry. They're reworking it. They're reworking it. Yeah. But that that element of the flavor, the flavor of mysticism, yep. is the, still there. The things you know still exist. Yeah, they're just not the exact word for word stories you remember. Yeah, and, and that's okay. And yeah. the thing I like is like it. It shows the one theme that I been me and you have been harping about since the beginning of the show. Uh, Beginning of the past, show? past shows is like yeah. showing that it's more than just Jedi's and Sith. Yes. Yeah. More than just a lightsaber and lightsaber battles and everything. The fact that they brought in a Sith sword. Was, yes, dude. Just made me so happy. Dude. I just so happy. That's why I got excited because the, the easy route would have been, Oh, an ancient lightsaber. Honestly, I thought that's the route they were going when they pulled out uh Kiati Mundi's. First of all, yeah. first of Ki all, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. What? That was awesome. I was not expecting like prequel stuff at all. Yeah. But like opening up with like Kiati Mundi dying and Order 66 mm-hmm. being executed. Like, okay. All right. Yeah. And then Listen, here's I'm his sword. Here's the sword right here. And then the first order. The lightsaber, about, you mean? Yeah, the lightsaber. And yeah. They talk about, well, I'm not I'm not too keen on my history about that. I'm like, going, yeah. oh, that's really cool. Yeah. That's really awesome that they do that. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it was a I thought it was a a smart way to play. You know, in a sandbox that that sometimes feels a little constrained and restricted because Disney is worrying about the bigger picture. And yeah. I I understand that from the from the business side. You got to worry about the bigger picture when you're dealing with a franchise that now includes officially everything, comic books, books, movies, TV shows, uh, video games. And now that everything is officially involved in this evolving story, you, you sometimes it does feel constrained. It feels like, well, let's not go too far this way because we're not sure what we're going to do, you know, in two years. Yeah. So for them to kind of open up that sandbox a bit and give us these elements, I felt like was a huge win. And ultimately the big success of this five issue series and the part that made me, again, really get excited was, again, dealing with this Sith sword. I like the inclusion of this lore here. The Dao and Sith viewed the use of lightsabers as a sign of weakness. I'm paraphrasing. And the reason why I like that is because when you get, again, once you go way back to the, the Dark Horse run in 91, 92, and you're dealing with the era of Exar Kun and the hyperspace wars, they didn't have lightsabers. Exar Kun did, but you go farther back and you tell the 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 ancient story of Freed and Nod and the Sith and how they came together as a civilization. They had swords and have lightsabers. So for them to bring back that idea somewhat in a new form gives me hope that we will get there someday again. Yeah, and uh, and the one thing we haven't mentioned too is like even in in. Uh, issue three when they kind of started going that route and then they fully went into it in issue four halfway through issue three when they introduced the fact that Kirut Imue is yeah. suddenly right there and they they're talking about hey you know the, the going into the Jedi uh Jedha not Jedi yeah. Jedha t- tunnels the kyber it starts okay. hinting at the fact that okay we're gonna delve into more elements of the force that no one's talking about because guess what? We're going to talk about the Guardians of the Wills now. And. Oh, I also like that confirmation that he was connected to the Force. Because I know that. The force. And I know they've already gone into it with a couple comic books and books. But I, there's still fans who haven't read those that are still arguing that he isn't, that he wasn't even Force attuned. That he, that he wasn't Force sensitive. I'm like, that fucking, that was obvious to me. It was yeah. obvious that he was Force sensitive. How is it even a question? <laughs> Honestly, get on Twitter, Lauren, more often, and you'll see the the idiotic things people claim. And that's that's <laughs> that's where like the the uh, all of a sudden when I got to there and then I got to the issue four, I started going, "Hey, this is there's more going on here in this yeah. series than I thought." Just yeah. a, a simple, just like what we've been mentioning, a simple uh, commercial grab. Yeah. yeah, and and it wasn't. It wasn't. It that. wasn't. Yeah. And then we also had last but not least the Tukata, which is the Sith hounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you had <laughs> Sith hounds chasing down Dr. Afra. I mean, Jesus Christ. If you if you don't like Dr. Afra at this point, there's something wrong with you. Yeah. 
Oh yeah. I mean the story the story potential behind Afra's character is it's literally limitless. You can do anything. You have her being chased down by Sith hounds. I'm so happy they have also brought this back into uh canon. They had already been mentioned, I believe, in Dooku Jedi Lost. Yes. That's what I was gonna bring they up. They were to in you. his flashbacks, right? Yeah. They were they're they're the legendary Sith beasts. And the Sith hounds, I'm like going, the fact that they actually took an element that me and you have We've talked about talked this so about many times, yeah. From another another series that I hope everyone's actually giving it a chance is Jedi Lost. Because the whole Sith beast element of Jedi Lost is so important integral to that to that series. Yeah. And to be able to actually visually see it. Yes, it's not the creature that that ultimately Count Dooku succumbs to. No, but it's part of the Sith. But it's war part beast. of that Sith lore. Yeah. And when they make that, when they when when you when I finally get to see it, it really makes that knowledge and that experience that I got from Jedi Lost even more special because now I'm not relying on my on my imagination. I have it right here in front of me. This is what a Sith hound looks like. Yeah. Yeah, and we also, I forgot, we also got, didn't we get like a Sith apparition as well? Was it a force ghost or was it some type of technology that was protecting the temple? That part wasn't clear. That part wasn't clear. No, it just said it was like a, like a sentry of some sort, like, yeah. a, like a Sith guard, but that was it. I yeah. mean, they didn't, they didn't delve too much into that. And it left it open for interpretation to possibly tell more stories. I mean, I, well, man, I mean, yeah, I mean, you're bringing in, um, What's it called? Not Korriban. That's what it used to be known as. Moraban? Moraban. Yeah, Moraban. And and honestly, though, I I have to say just as like a kind of fan service-y just moment, you know, of excitement. um, Not only did they go to a a Jeddah temple, they went to Moraban. And seeing the entrance to that Sith temple, it, (laughs) it, it gave me like flashbacks to playing um the old republic yep and and being a young sith yeah training yeah it, it just like just that landscape brought me back to that and i went Ooh, like <laughs> <laughs> it was cool i i think i think more people should probably give this issue um a shot i think a lot of people probably looked at this series just like the way we did at first it was yeah. a chance yeah, because I feel like this, yes, there's a lot of fan servicey moments, but I think that's kind of the purpose of an issue or of, of, of a story like this. And and I'm OK with it as I don't want all of I don't want my ongoing titles like this. Hey, let's include this and this and this. But but you know, as a five issue wrap up. Yeah. 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 Well, I'll be honest with you guys. I wouldn't mind if they did you're being another. honest a lot today. <laughs> I, I, I just want you to know I appreciate it. <laughs> I wouldn't be upset if they did another five issue series. Honestly, me either. I'm, I'm sure they will. will. I'm sure they will. Once they launch, uh, we have the Resistance ride opening up still. Rise yes. of the Resistance? Yeah. So maybe we'll get a story connected to that. Because apparently, if you want to believe the rumors, that ride is supposed to be canon. And that's why it's been delayed over and over and over <laughs> and over because they're trying to get it right. It's supposed to be a very in-depth story. It's a 20-minute ride. And it's supposed to be canon. I have heard some very cool, very secret things about it that I can't share. Oh, come on. The, um, <laughs> have you ever heard of Chinese water torture? 
asked Ryan, not me. <laughs> okay. Ryan's the one who told me. Oh, all right. Oh, I know. I know you're talking about that. Yeah, he's yeah. told you. Um, so, from the from the sounds of it, the technology that they're using in that ride, um, the the quality and and the visual techniques that are going into this it should be amazing you know it's a it's a 20 minute experience i don't think it's a ride the whole way through i think yeah i think they're including um some story almost cue stuff Mm -hmm. it it's like the haunted mansion on like crack Awesome. I think as far as because, you know, you walk into the Haunted Mansion, you're like, yeah, I'm in the ride, but you're yeah. not in the ride yet. You have right. to go through a little story thing um, first. Same with uh, same with the what was the Tower of Terror and is now Mission Breakout, the Guardians mm. of the Galaxy. Yeah. You walk in, you're like in the ride, but no, you're not. You're being entertained. You're having an experience, but then you have to go and you have to queue up to actually get on the ride. Yeah. And and if that's the case, yeah, I'm cool. That's it's- great. That's going to be cool. And I'm, I wouldn't doubt if we get another Galaxy's Edge story, especially if this one's well-received. Uh, all right. So story issues overall, Ethan Stacks. Um, I'd say he did a good job with ideas being fully, you know, fleshing out those ideas. I should say I'm not Jesus Christ. Let me backtrack. I just had a, a little stroke. I think it's <laughs> contagious today. Um, okay. So overall, Ethan Stacks did a good job with ideas, but fully fleshing out those ideas. I am not so sure. I feel like the concept behind this is awesome. Uh, but the execution was too focused on finding a way to include everything fans of star Wars will see at the galaxy's edge theme park in the first two issues. That's what the first two issues was really about. It was really how many things can we throw in from galaxy's edge and I don't feel feel like there was enough attention to story. It was very slow. And a lot of people, we were all comic book readers in this room, but we all have our different habits. But I think most of us can agree that if the first issue of a series isn't that great, are we really going to spend another three or four dollars on the second issue? Maybe. Maybe. But after the second issue and it's the same issues, mm, I don't. I'm done. I bail. I mean, there's so many titles and, and interesting stories these days. If you don't grab me within the first two issues, I'm probably not going to come back. Yeah. So that's the only negative because the story really took off starting with issue three. And I bet um, it lost a lot of readership from that. For sure. Probably. For probably. sure. Uh, the story at times, the way it was executed, the I, I want to say the the formatting was hard to follow. I don't know if I'm just a, a moron. The panel choices jumped, and we had to draw our own conclusions on some of the action. Uh, there, there was absolutely one moment where I was like, I started reading, and then I read the panel next to it because it seemed like it flowed into that. Yeah. And then I was like, well, that doesn't make any sense. Okay, so oh, I wasn't alone oh, on that. Oh, you go down and then over. But it down seemed and like then it over. went. Yeah, because yeah. The, form, the formatting was kind of clunky. Um, okay, so you guys think, both agree with that. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I wrote down that basically the formatting – of a couple of the, not all of it. Yeah. But there was like spots where it's like. There were moments where you you had to like go back mm-hmm. and see what happened. Like, how did we get here? And I think it, I think it's because of the, the, the one thing that w- is really tough that this story, this series tackled is telling a story in flashbacks. Because yeah. flashbacks yeah. are really difficult 
in any genre I've ever seen, whether it be TV, movie, or even in comics. Doing a flashback is incredibly difficult. However, that being said, in this series, I thought they tackled it very uh, pretty well. It, you didn't feel too lost. There are moments when basically the, the formatting of the flashback narration just throws you off. And See, just like what you said, I didn't have a problem with the flashbacks necessarily because I feel like they were clearly, you know, titled then. Yeah. Now, my issue was action sequences. There will sequence, be a yeah. moment where, like, let's say someone moves their arm and, and goes for a punch and then we miss the punch. And suddenly they're outside of, let's say, the outpost. And you're like, OK, I how did you get there? That's a big jump. <laughs> So and that's an issue with with scripting that there was a, there was a writing issue there and that's why I said Ethan did a good job with ideas. There's a lot of fucking amazing ideas, but fully making them work in a very cohesive fashion, I don't feel like he was 100 percent successful. Um, but I did like the art. I think Sliney did a very good job. I enjoyed it. Also, I really like that this took place after the events of the Last Jedi. There are some really big implications to story and the possibility of story aspects finding its way into the rise of Skywalker. Yeah. I'm hoping we actually see that. So final thoughts, Lauren. Uh, it was a surprisingly exciting and interesting ride. That That's it. Okay. David? I would say final thoughts are it's a solid. If we gave this a grade or mm-hmm. MD grade, I would give it a solid 85. Okay. Which it, it still makes it a very good read. I mean, it's it's one of those reads that basically made me want to know more now. The lore yeah. alone. The, the lore, lore alone. alone. Yeah. yeah. All right. I want to thank everybody for listening to today's broadcast, Star Wars From the Back to Tank. Head over to our Patreon page so you can get five days of back to patreon.com slash Digital. Thank you, Lauren, for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Thank you, David. Thank you, and may the force be with us. Ah, yes!